where I interview comedians and creatives about their favourite documentary. My name is Jane Edwards and I'm a writer, comedian and actor who just happens to love documentaries. So I was really thrilled to find so many other people who love them too. This episode, I'm joined by Lorna Rose Treen to talk about Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond. Now, Lorna rocked the comedy world when she won not one, but two awards at the Funny Women Awards 2022 and was recently nominated as Chortle's Best Newcomer 2023. Lorna is a TikTok sensation, a talented improviser, and has also written for Radio 4, Radio 2, and Radio 4 Extra. As an actor, Lorna has appeared on The Emily Attack Show and voiced a snake in a campaign for Peter. Lorna regularly performs character comedy and is always working on new shows such as Skin Pigeon, which I urge you all to check out when you get the chance. Now, I've known Lorna online for a while now, and it's been just brilliant for me to be sat like a little gargoyle watching her talent have such an impact on the industry and also to have the opportunity to get to know someone so wonderful and just so naturally funny. She's also a Kaufman-esque original prankster, so I was super excited to sit down and chat about Jim and Andy the Great Beyond with her. I'm very pleased to be joined by Lorna for this episode of Paradise Found, who has picked Jim and Andy the Great Beyond. Uh, Lorna, why have you chosen Jim and Andy the Great Beyond? Um, Hello. Um, I chose... So I'm a big documentary fan. I was so excited about you doing this podcast. Um because I find with documentaries I just find them like such a good way to relax as well when I find them like an an do I mean anecdote antidote an antidote to doing comedy yeah. like I always have just like just watching something that's so factual and I quite often like watch historical ones and recently I've been watching as I was saying to you just before we started so much like really heavy documentaries about the Soviet Union so I, <laughs> yeah. when I was trying to pick a documentary that I wanted to talk about I was trying to think of something kind of light-ish but also Mm. something that I remember really fondly um that wasn't so heavy and I just remember watching Jim and Andy when it first came out and kind of being a bit blown away by how it does it's well I feel like it sells itself as a documentary about the making of well, the document. I, th- I think it sells itself as being, you know, it's called Jim and Andy. Like you think it's going to be more about mm-hmm. Andy Kaufman, and then really it's just an expose on uh, Jim Carrey's mental health. Like I, th- I think yeah. it's so interesting. And I remember, I think I watched Man on the Moon, and then I watched it immediately afterwards, and just being, I don't know, it takes you so far into the mind of like one of the biggest performers that have ever lived, like two of the biggest performers. Mm. I just, yeah, I just absolutely loved it. Because it came out a little while ago now, didn't it? Was it 2017? It feels like a different time. It feels like 80s for me for some reason when I'm watching it. It might be like the camera style, but yeah, it feels really, really old now. 
because all the footage as well is from from the making of Run on the Moon, it uh, it's like so mm. it's got that kind of like beautiful kind of like found footage feeling to it. It's like such a precious video that they've got. So that's really nice. And then you've got it, yeah, jumping forward to Jim Carrey in modern day, reflecting back on it. It's so weird. He's narrating how he felt when he was playing Andy Kaufman. There's like so many layers to it. I just loved it. I've never thought of that, you know, how it's like, yeah, one look in one moment and then really like clean and polished in another one. Because it's really engaging. You're wondering like why it's so engaging to look at when it's just, a lot of the time it's just filming people stood round. Yeah, so true. It's like crowd scenes or like people, t- like people talking about Jim Carrey, and then mm. Jim Carrey like storming off. It's like, <laughs> and then Jim in the modern day. And also, I think I went through. I so I I do a improvised true crime documentary with my friends. Um, oh, brilliant! Which is super fun. And I used to work in true crime, and I kind of I've like what I, for that for that, those reasons I've like watched so much true crime, and. I just find it so morbid I hate it so much and there's something mm. really satisfying about I think this documentary to that it's like you know it's being narrated by the person that it's about which I find really satisfying yeah definitely and like inform it like it feels really informative and it doesn't feel like, one of my main gripes with making documentaries was like I didn't always feel like we were serving the contributors best mm. whereas this is like clearly I think Jim Carrey even I don't know if I think he produced it, but he put money mm. into it, I think. So it just feels, I don't know, it feels <laughs> like uh, moral moral to moral. Do you ever get that with doc- <laughs> documentaries? You're like, I'm worried about... Because I started watching this... <laughs> Sorry, I've gone off a tangent. No, go for it. I started watching this one, which I originally was going to send to you. Yeah. It was chaos when I was messaging you. I sent you like seven <laughs> different documentary type names. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I was going to watch... There was a really good one that my friend recommended from 2008 mm. about people who were sexually attracted to objects. Yeah, It was a Channel 4 doc. And I, I watched like 10 minutes of it. No, I watched 20 minutes of it. And I, turned, I, I think I'd seen it back in back then. But, mm. well, not then I was a child, but like, you know, years ago. And then I started watching it. And then I was just like, oh, like the way that we treat contributors is so different now. And I think actually the, like a, a fair few of these people are just really unwell. And I was like, I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I want to watch this, which is really interesting. So a question I was going to ask you, and again, I have this habit of asking sort of like absolutely massive questions right at the top of the podcast. Do you think the film is real? Like, do you get the impression that Jim Carrey is making his own film within the documentary? Yeah, that's such an interesting question. I haven't thought about the fact that he it could literally all be fake, but of course it could be. Like, he's... Uh incredible performer and there was this real there's this real thing as well right that of the relationship between Jim talks about really early on about how when when there's an audience when there's cameras when there's people he like plays and he can switch on and obviously that in relation to the fact that Andy is a performance was a performance artist I wonder how much of it was played up especially because like there's very few moments of people getting really fucked off like I mean, Danny DeVito yeah. gets so annoyed. He's <laughs> yeah. Danny DeVito is such a good cameo in this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with Danny DeVito at that point. Yeah, me too. It must have been so annoying. <laughs> when I watched the beginning again, and, you know, he starts being like, I'm Andy. 
I was like, oh no, that's what it, that's what it does. It's like cringy for me. It's so gross. I wouldn't know what to, you know, when you're like hanging out with like, maybe I shouldn't say this, <laughs> you know, when you're hanging out with like stand-ups yeah. and sometimes they just start doing bits, but like not bits that you can join yes. in on. And you're like, you're just like, please stop. Yes. <laughs> please stop yeah. in your head. I can't, that's how I must have felt all the time with Jim Carrey's walking oh, around honestly. being Andy. Yeah, I couldn't cope with it. The reason that I'm like questioning whether it's like all real or not is because it's like Kaufman in Kaufman in Kaufman. It's like he's obviously wants to be Kaufman. Yeah, and that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think the doc, the, the like Jim and Andy documentary mm. is so much about Jim Carrey and the way that they like... Um, weave in all the Truman Show stuff mm. and his like towards the end where he talks about like how he like now he realised that when he had everything that he wanted ever in life and his dad had passed away and had failed at doing like his dad mm. I think was a trumpeter yeah. or something and, and then but want, but then didn't follow that he pursued like accountancy because he wanted to like have a family and support them mm. and had to and about Jim was like, well, if you can fail at something you don't love, you might as well do what you do love. And then Jim did it and then he was still depressed. Mm. That like was, that for me feels really truthful. Mm. Also, interestingly, the first time when I watched this in 2017, that whole bit where Jim Carrey's having a breakdown at the end and comes across as a proper madman, mm. I was like, oh, this is insane. Like, he sounds insane. This is mad. But then on rewatching, it, I felt, it felt more like, sentimental I don't know whether that's just like post-pandemic me feeling I think I felt the same did you oh that's really interesting yeah yeah I wonder why I, I don't know maybe it's because I've been performing more I don't know he sounded more rational <laughs> and in my head I was like oh at the end of this film I know Jim Carrey goes off oh, on <laughs> maybe I'm just losing it I do totally know what you mean there was points in it where um I think, yeah, maybe usually you're just watching it for the entertainment, but I I felt like I was getting old It's when I was getting to those points where I was like, yeah, I totally know what you mean, man. And, like, especially when it, it talks about um, when you do characters, what is it? It's like building the pearl around the dirt of your pain. And I really, really, I, that really, like, I understood that for some reason in a way that I don't think that I did a couple of years ago when I first watched it. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah, and I think, yeah, that's really interesting. The, like... Because I think it's also, like, the Truman Show reference to him, the fact that, like, obviously he was so young when he became really... Well, he wasn't super... He wasn't a child star, but he was, like, you know, mm. early 20s, I think, when he started to become famous. There's a bit where Jim Carrey is talking about how one day... What, like after Truman Show, after Dumb and Dumber, after all of this stuff, he walked out of a restaurant, one of those wanky posh places that yeah. people go, um, for, and he like looked out, and there was loads of it was like a press hotspot, and like everyone was taking photographs and and being like Jim, mm. Jim. This is after Man on the Moon, and uh, he just did nothing. And everyone was like, what are you doing? Uh, and he just said nothing. Mm. And he was like, he was like, I just realised like, it's not real. And also like, I just didn't want to play mm. the game. 
And I really understood that as well. I was like, oh, wow, that's like super beautiful. And I think when I'd first heard him say that on my first watching, I was like, oh, he's like kind of, you know, when celebrities just kind of, you know, the Britney Spears moment mm. with when she shaved her yeah. head, that, those kind of moments. And then I was like watching it now and I was thinking, and it might have been the pandemic that's just reframed it for me of being like, oh, yeah, wait, I mean, it, all of that press stuff doesn't matter. And all of that, like, like he's he's so in the in the mm. spotlight. Yeah. That like, yeah, I don't know. I just understood that again on a different level. I think, yeah, the further you go into performing, it's all like shiny at first, I suppose, isn't it? Like, it's all excitement and it's all like, oh, I'd love that and I'd love fame. And I'd love for people who know me. But like, even in like my teeny tiny wee way, I think that's it. That's why I feel like I'm getting older seeing stuff like that and understanding it because it's like, yeah, when it's the shine coming off things, I suppose, is maybe why it becomes more relatable. Do you have any, like, what's, I was going to say, what's your relationship with Andy Kaufman? Mm. Like, was there anything there before you watched this film? Yeah, I I mean, I've always, I mean, that's a, a hyperbole. No, not hyperbole. A tautology. No, I don't know what that means. I don't know what I'm saying. I, I was going <laughs> to say I've always loved Andy Kaufman. I was going to be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, tautology. I, I know what I'm going to Google what tautology means. Tautology, really. <laughs> I literally, if you'd have gone for that, I would have just gone with it. I would have been like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Tautology. So smart. <laughs> it doesn't mean what I wanted it to mean. Tautology means a phrase or expression in which the same thing said twice in different words. Oh, okay. I can grasp that. Oh my God, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Andy Kaufman. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to say that I've always loved his work, but, but that's ridiculous because I, I haven't. Um, I didn't know about it at some stage, but I when I when I was like maybe like a young, like young 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 like um, like sixteen seventeen, I remember finding his videos on YouTube. Not <laughs> that makes him sound like he's a YouTuber. He was not a YouTuber, but I, like Mighty Mouse and that sort of stuff. And I I've always my favorite show in the whole world is The Simpsons, and I've always been obsessed with like these kind of like weird crazy men like Rip Mail is one of my favourite always always been one of my favourite comedy heroes and Phil Hartman and The Simpsons and I just loved and Andy Kaufman kind of was in that just kind of like bottled chaos like really clean um, comedy but it's so big and wild and so specific to them and I just loved like yeah I've, I really mm. loved Kaufman's energy the bits where he um, when he wrestled the women I just thought was one of the, I still do think it's like one of the cleverest like it's so stupid it's so idiot but it's also so clever and it's so political but it's yeah I really I've always loved the way he like didn't take himself seriously but then was so serious and that line for me is really interesting yeah I love it I hadn't seen Man on the Moon I don't think until the documentary came out and then I watched Man on the Moon and then I watched the documentary Mm. Um, but what about you did you were you a fan of Kaufman before you watched I was I think it's hard to pinpoint when um I remember being excited to listen to the Bob Zamuda uh, episode of what the fuck podcast and that was about 2010 I think I was a latecomer definitely 
Um, because I think like another like comedian introduced me to him because I was doing like I mean it's annoying now you <laughs> but like the anti comedy when it was like cool to do like you know old jokes and fuck them up and like just be bad on stage that's what I sort of started to do when I first started out don't think I understood it at first to be honest I know that's like sacrilege but I just don't I think it took me a while to to actually understand like what he was doing and I love like pranks do you know what I mean like there's a lot of stuff that I do now especially with like Jen Edwards show where it's all like oh no this has gone you know I love all that sort of yeah. like sort of camp this has gone wrong you know I'm really like going for it it's not like an immediate influence for me in my own mind but when I look back on things that I've done like sort of pranks or some of my catalogue um, it's like <laughs> I can <laughs> 21st century but I can see things with like when I used to do top bodybuilder Brian and stuff like that I can see so much of that is probably influenced by I keep saying I've always said Cal uh do I say Kaufman or Kaufman? I'm not sure which one's right, so forgive me if I'm getting this wrong. Um, I don't know which, I don't know how to say anything, as we've already experienced <laughs> I think, like, everyone just has their own take on it. Um, I thought that was so interesting in the documentary when Jim Carrey's talking about, you know, his experience of being on the outside. And I think those were the bits that really got me when re-watching the film now that sort of outsider status of things and how comedy can feel like that. You can be in, but you're still out. Yeah, and, find, and finding your way. And I think that's mm. so interesting because because what the documentary does really well, and like I should say as well, like I'm, I have always been a massive Jim Carrey fan, like since mm. I was a little, like properly little with him because he, so many of his films were family friend, like films. But he mm. is such an interesting comedian because impressions are so at heart at the heart of what he does and the he his process was so fascinating to listen to about how he would go he'd like um go on stage do loads of stuff and then go back to his room and be like what do they want what do they want what do they want Mm. I thought that was so interesting because he was like basically being other people to make people laugh and doing impersonation impressions and then caring so much about what the audience wanted but then also like you know having to, and then he and he was like they want to they want to not care about the outside world and that's so that's so curious then as well because he's feeling like an outsider and clearly all his life but then his way of like fitting in is by being other people and like especially being Andy who Andy was an outsider as well like that's such a weird like domino effect i think that's why you get the impression of like it's kaufman and kaufman and kaufman because he is i don't know i mean he is andy kaufman in a way (laughs) he obviously wants to be him but i think it might maybe it starts off as him being like such a massive fan and then turns into something well i mean we watch it turn into something else as to him being like i actually want to be i would want to be him yeah really interesting i love that it's so camp the way they like they like intersperse like clips of Jim Carrey in the mask, being like the mask is the, ma- the mask is powerful, and then yes. taking off the mask, and then him talking about being Andy Kaufman. I love it. Yeah, there's just so many like parallels. I mean, it was it was weird for me because I am kind of like a, a woo woo person myself, so 
when Jim is Jim, when Jim Carrey is talking about <laughs> just getting ahead of myself there. Um when he's talking about things like manifestation and stuff like that, I'm kind of like I don't know how you feel about that, but I kind of get a lot of what he was talking about. Um It gets you going. Like yeah. so when he goes to see the the fortune teller and she's like, You're gonna do three big films yeah. and then you're not gonna did that get you? Yeah. <laughs> I was a bit like Oh wow. Oh okay. Yeah. Part of me when he was talking about the manifesting, I was like, "Wow, I should try manifesting because it clearly yeah. worked." <laughs> I was like, "Well, yeah, maybe if it weren't for Jim Carrey, let's go." I'm normally, I'm, but I'm also normally, I'm quite a skeptical person. But, but the, mm. yeah, his conviction. And also, like, I don't know, like, I like I don't know with manifestation, like, to what extent is it just really helpful to be really clear about your goals mm. and your aims and, yeah. like, rational, like, to what, ex- you know, you know, each individual person will have a belief about to what extent saying that you're, you know, imagining that you're going to have something will mean that you get it. Mm. But I do think that there is, you should dream really big. I do believe in mm. that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I did, I, I was convinced, yeah, I don't know, I was... I was, uh, it really felt, I don't, yeah, I don't know why on this, on this viewing, I just really felt like he had his head switched <laughs> <laughs> He clearly doesn't. I, and it's now just reflecting on me and how switched on my head is. <laughs> oh my God. What are we becoming? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his head, his head is not switched on when he's being Andy. Like that yeah. is like so clear. Like, mm. Oh, I, I like I. I still find it super uncomfortable the bit where he. I think there's two things to this, right? That like him, that him being Andy getting out of hand. Like first of all, I think it's like so weird when he meets the daughter that Andy never actually properly yes. met. Yeah, that's so dodgy. Mm-hmm. And also, there's another thing of like, uh, what's it? Method acting and men being allowed to get away with like that power. I was gonna ask you about this. A woman just could not as if we could get away with because it's my second watching of it maybe it's i've like i know what how he was behaving as as uh andy and also i've heard what he said before that Mm. so like maybe he maybe i was like less shocked by it so i i was like less i was was like seeing more rationality in what was going on because because it was second watching whereas i remember first watching it and being like how that well how do they allow this behavior mm. like there's a bit where the director rings up Jim Carrey and Jim's at home and the director's like I want to speak to Jim Jim I cannot work with Andy and then this other character mm. that you're playing I cannot I cannot work with them and then Jim's like do you want me to fire them I could probably do a good impression of them and just and just come in and then the director's like mm. no 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 I don't I just needed to get that off my chest and like that's bizarre like mm. and also that's like that's so un- that's, that's like if Jim was unwell that's unhealthy mm. to push that but also it's unfair for everyone else on set and like you saw how upset Danny DeVito got like god knows how he was treating the crew I just can can you imagine a woman doing that like any any I mean I can't think of a single film about a woman <laughs> neither <am> I. <laughs> God, why can't I think of... Okay, what about the JFK one? On the set of, like, Jackie, 
if they just allowed her to like be in character the whole time and making it like just really difficult yeah. for all of the of the car like Natalie Portman walking around crying all the time like it, it like it it just would yeah it's just behavior that would not be accepted I guess something that struck me as well like related to that is like how much male comedians use their idols to get away with things yeah really interesting you know like the guys who like Bill Hicks and the guys who like you know whoever and it's like I think that's over the years I think I've seen that stronger and stronger and obviously this is like the archetypal film of a guy being like well I like Andy Kaufman and he would do this and there were so many times in it where Jim Carrey's going like yeah the appearance that goes wrong um for him on that um tv show early on in his career and you know his agent is like going like you might have you might have fucked this lad like this might be it for you and he's like this is what Andy would have felt all the time (laughs) and it's like mate like take responsibility for what you do totally and you just can't do that and like it's also so unfair to Andy like because Andy doesn't have any say in how you're portraying him and Jim is Jim is like Mm. now forever associated with Andy and Andy had no like didn't approve that Andy didn't the the and on my first watching as well I remember feeling like Jim had really mm. crossed a line with with Andy's family but then on rewatching, they are actually all quite involved and I think maybe Andy's sister helped produce oh, it or something like the original like filming behind the scenes and and I don't know if that's true I might have just made that up um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but let's pretend it's true uh, and <laughs> and like Andy's girlfriend is there so it, it I don't know it that reassured me a little bit to how he was mm. behaving and you know maybe he was playing up for the cameras and maybe when the cameras were off he wasn't always in in character yeah i think that would be interesting to know and the wrestling bit right like like mm. andy takes that to some extent but everything that andy did with that wrestler was televised and was for television mm. and was apparently really good friends with that wrestler yeah that he like kept goading but then jim takes it to they're like extreme to the point where the director's like, you have to give me a chance to make a movie, Jim. Like, please stop this. Yeah. Um, and there's a bit where Jim's like, and Andy was a really good friend with the wrestler, but this time it didn't work out that way. And it feel and that feels really like akin to like men like legitimizing their behaviour on on their idols. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. Oh yeah, and then and oh that oh yeah, the bit where he's like He's talking about, so it's Jim Carrey in the future, as in the present, uh, talking about Jim dressed, no, hang on. Jim's in the present and he's talking about a time and some Mm. footage where Jim is dressed as Andy, but Andy's talking about Jim. I hope that's clear. And Jim is dressed as Andy talking about Jim. Yes. (laughs) I'm trying to follow it. Okay, let's start again. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Jim Carrey <laughs> is talking in present day yeah. about Jim in the past dressed up as Andy talking about, <laughs> about Jim. So basically he's dressed as I'll Andy. I'll put a diagram in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, that would be good. It's Jim, Jim, yeah, Jim talking about Jim as Andy talking about Jim. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> I think the more confident I say it, the, the clearer it, it really is. Um, <laughs> but he's like, he's talking about, yeah, so Andy, in inverted commas, hmm. is like, Jim is worried that if he got healthy, he wouldn't be creative anymore, which is so weird and so far yeah. from, because that is that is past Jim Carrey using a character to comment on his own mental health. And that's so mm. like that. That's so far away from playing Andy Kaufman for a film about Andy Kaufman's life. I mean, that's that I've, I've absolutely digressed from the point of like legitimizing bad behavior. No, it to- it all feeds in though, isn't it? Because I mean, it was like you say though, like with the um, Jerry Lawler. Yeah, this kind of like bad behavior, and um, there was that that bit where he sort of is he spitting on him or like he's just throwing water on him and sticking signs to his back, and I think in those mm. moments it's like, yeah, you just want to be Kaufman. That's it. That's all this is. I don't think it's like anything to do with the film. I think yeah. it's just like your your desire to do what he did and like go into the hospital after the wrestling match and things like it's just like you just want to it's your chance to be this guy and like you were saying before like how respectful is that of someone's memory really yeah and i i wonder as well like i'm not sure if somebody could get away with behaving like that nowadays Mm. like to the extent that jim did i don't know maybe in hollywood Mm. it's quite extreme isn't it could you work with someone like that absolutely not could you imagine? I, literally... <laughs> I I find it difficult when someone's in character before they go on stage and you're backstage with them and they're still in character. They're like, oh, totally. I find it really hard to talk, like, because <laughs> you're playing pretend. Like, you're in control. Mm. You ne- I think that's what it is, isn't it? It's like, I need to be reassured that you're in control so we all feel safe. Mm. And I think, for me, like, Jim as Andy doesn't feel especially safe. But then, yeah, I don't know, like, to what extent they're playing up for the cameras and... I love I love the bit in the documentary where they where Jim goes to the Playboy Mansion, but it's not Jim Carrey, and it's Bob. Yes. Like, that's brilliant, and that that feels really in line with what Kaufman did and wanted to do. I still feel like like uh, I remember getting really excited by the prospect that that um, Kaufman faked his own death, and yes. and he's still alive out there. I think that would be so bloody brilliant, wouldn't it? Do you know what I I'm gonna state my claim on that i believe that yeah okay yeah me too he's out there <laughs> yeah let's let's do that <laughs> i feel like somebody has to and if anyone's gonna have had to have done that and got away totally. with it it would be andy and yeah it's like it would be weird if he just i don't know yeah i just i just fully don't believe that he's dead i felt like that when rick mel died i remember being like mm. how can that energy like, where does that energy go yeah just like off off into the atmosphere it doesn't make any sense because there's a bit um it's in the man in the moon man on the moon sorry uh film where he would go for treatments and you know it's just literally where they would pretend like they would stick their hand into your stomach with no cutting and would pull out like bad bits of you like bad bits of skin of you i'm sure i haven't dreamt this but um and it'd be like a chicken liver they would basically sort of pretend to like, oh, we pulled out this bit of the tumour or whatever yeah. and throw it away. And, but it's obviously, and that he knew, Bob Zamuda in this um, 
interview is like he knew that that was just fake but he just wanted to do it and yeah I think that to have even that kind of like sense of humor and like you know sort of prankishness if you do if you are actually ill (laughs) it's like yeah it makes sense it's beautiful and it's like it makes so much sense as well with the escapism Mm. life can be so boring it's like entertaining that imagination Mm. and to some extent like I do like get that with with Jim Carrey like he plays other people and he's he has so much fun to be other people and play other characters and like like my joy in comedy comes from that place as well that like feeling of like that escapism to be someone else but I think that is quite that is like different Mm -hmm. from what it seems to be Kaufman's joy because Kaufman wanted to be really be a disruptor right he wanted to yeah not shock it wasn't like he didn't want to upset but he wanted to i don't know mm. if it, it feels really feels polit- yeah provoke. provoke it feels political what he did whereas jim carrey couldn't be more um establishment like <laughs> Bruce Almighty yeah. which I loved he was like you know those 90s films that are so like I would see with I'd go and watch with my mum and dad like yeah what makes it more obvious that he just wants to be you know like you know sometimes it's just me laying into people again but you know like, <laughs> I love it I love it I love it but you know like when mainstream comedians and they want to be alternative have you ever like felt that dynamic before or like kind of had that? You know, it's like they got the opportunity to do something like a bit weird and you can see they're like really, really into it. I don't know, maybe I haven't really experienced this, but no, yeah, I think yeah. it's like, I... you like all mainstream comedians want to be alternative and alternative comedians want to be mainstream. You want that sort of like, <laughs> yeah. you want what other people have. And I think that that's really what comes across in his like real need to be Kaufman yeah that's so interesting like at the beginning as well he talks about like how he really loved Kaufman's stuff because it felt like I think he says the phrase Kaufman has something in his hands and it's really magical but you can't see it because I've got special powers and like he was like Kaufman is a person that did shows to his bedroom wall uh, and I'm that person as well says, Mm. says Jim and yeah, you're so right. You can see him like kind of craving that kind of artist artistry, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Which is so weird because Jim Carrey is an artist, like an incredible artist. Oh, totally. Yeah. But I get yeah. Just it's like different paths that they've gone down. Yeah, and he talks about also like he talks about like how he when he performs he goes into like a fugue state of like being an idiot. And I, like, from watching his and Kaufman's mm. performance, it doesn't look like Kaufman's in a fugue state. It looks like you could, Kaufman's like, I don't know. I don't know. They, I think they're, I think they're really, dif- they're really different. I don't think Kaufman could morph into being Jim Carrey and play Jim Carrey, for instance. No, that's a really interesting point. I think I've, I don't have any more questions, but would you like to add anything? Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. When you talk about the manifestation stuff, it when he like when Jim Carrey goes for his audition for SNL and he like sees one of the pages on top of the like about to jump like that was so spooky yeah you can see uh, yeah it's interesting he clearly he like for somebody that's quite nihilist now he does have like a quite these quite like painted spiritual moments that he looks back on in his life I also thought it was funny when he was like towards the end when he's talking about how 
how everything's not real and it's all a story and you're like an avatar that you create to please people and he's like talking about you can choose to play the character that people think you are that's far I just burped you can (laughs) (laughs) and that's it that's the character that that I am (laughs) (laughs) I could not um yeah he he's like yeah you you choose you either choose to play a character that you um want people to see no wait you choose to be a character that people want you to be or Mm. you choose to be yourself but then have people tell you that you are awful um (laughs) and like that that dichotomy was really interesting and then he but then it made me laugh so much when he was like this isn't just about film stars like this is the same if you're in the office (laughs) and I was like I was like that it's so funny because Jim Carrey, you've never experienced working in an office. Like, <laughs> That's no true. Idea. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. It reminded me of these amazing documentaries that Ruby Wax made recently when she's looking back on her documentaries that she made. Have oh, you seen right. those? I've not seen them, no. Oh, it's fantastic. Wow. She's in, it's all on iPlayer, I think. And mm. she basically watches herself make the documentaries so she's commenting on the people that she's met which are like incredible a-list celebrities um Mm. and really interesting people and political figures and then she's also watching her own behavior and talking about that and now she's got like a psychology degree so she's kind of you know really informed um yeah it's, it's fantastic it's fantastic and fascinating and she talks quite a lot about the illness of fame and like which celebrities she was like, they were on another planet and they were so mm. far from me and from who they were. But then she meets Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks is incredibly down to earth. And she's like, he was not touched by the illness of fame at all. He was like oh, himself wow. and so rational. And it, this documentary really made me, Jim and Andy really made me think of that because because Jim is like, I don't know, it, it, it's really weird to hear somebody still in the midst of fame analyse and talk back about when they were at a different point of their fame um totally recommend those documentaries they're really really good oh brilliant i'll definitely be giving that a go i'll put that in the um show notes as well if you want to check that out that'd be brilliant yeah yeah that's just yeah it's just such a multi-layered film i'm so glad that you've chosen this one because it was really really fun to watch again and obviously it's been so fun to talk to you about it it's been brilliant it's been so fun i hope it makes some semblance of sense um (laughs) I genuinely left journalism because I'm the most I'm the worst storyteller in the world um, <laughs> when it comes to factual stuff. The fact yeah. that you, when it comes to like fiction stuff, I just love lying. I love making things up because because <laughs> you don't have to be right. Yeah, <laughs> you can say anything. Well, this is it, and like yeah, like Jim Carrey says, we all make our that's it. We all make our own masks, our own avatars. So. It's just funner to live like that. I agree. It's funner <laughs> to live in the dome. Yeah. I want to be, I want to be, what's his name? He's not Bruce, is he? <laughs> Truman. He lives in the dome. Truman. <laughs> oh, I want to be Truman. Just written, I don't. That sounds awful. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the poddy. It's really, really thank been fun. Thank you for having me. Honestly, it's been brilliant. Thank you for your wonderful insights. Thank you so much to Lorna for giving your time and thoughts on this amazing film. It was really fun to revisit it. 
And now comes time for me to ask for your kindness and support. If you could like and subscribe or whatever kind of terminology they are using on the platform that you're listening on, that would be very much appreciated. We've got lots of exciting episodes coming up. So I would really appreciate you staying in touch. And if you've enjoyed this, share it on your socials. Do we still use the word socials? I don't know. But I would really, really appreciate you spreading the word if you feel like it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I hope you have a wonderful day.